What's up, guys? It's the Awkward Dreadhead, and we have two special guests here. With I'm here with Joyce Short, CEO and founder of Consent Awareness Network, and Chief of Staff Nina Lucas. Say hi, guys. Hello. All right. So I, before we get started, I kind of want you guys to uh, go through how you guys how how this came about. I heard a couple of your podcasts and dealing with the subject of consent and I got inspired to get in touch with you to say, Hey, you know, we'd like to consider, uh, continue that conversation and, you know, elaborate on, on that whole subject. Okay. And, there, and there's a specific case that you guys, that we spoke about that you guys kind of, uh, worked with mm-hmm. and I kind of, uh, so f- we, I'm, we're going to get to that. But what I want to do right now is I want you guys to give me your definition of consent. It's not, it's not our, it's not our definition, Charles. It's the definition. Okay. Okay. Uh, The definition, you know, consent is simply a word and every word has a definition. It doesn't have 5,082 definitions, right? Words have one, one, words have one, sometimes two, but in this case, has one definition, and the definition is supported by a considerable amount of uh, legal precedents, Nuremberg Code, Model Penal Code, uh, General Data Protection Regulation, uh, and the and the uh, and my TEDx talk, which I hope you've seen, uh, which expresses consent as freely given, knowledgeable, and informed agreement by a person with the capacity to reason. Okay, and you and you're saying that this is this is a legal um, definition of consent. This is a definition that's used in many uh, legal and quasi-legal uh, uh, ways. Um, so I'm I'm reading a definition right here that says permission um, consent permission for something to happen or agreement to do something. So when you when you recite the definition for for what you for what consent was, you said it was the definition. Why are we why are we using that definition versus uh, something simple like um, the the one I read off of off of Google? That's not a legal definition, and it's not a uh, it's not a complete definition. Okay. It's incomplete. Okay, it's incomplete. And it's not just permission. Okay, it's not just permission. What what else is it? Consent is all about influence. Consent is all about what influenced you in order to do what you did. Okay. Okay. So all right. So in in other words, if you use force, fear, fraud, or you exploit someone's incapacity, you're not consenting no matter what you say or not no matter what you do. Okay. Um let me let me read off a quick some some quick um, um, stories that happen, and I'd like to get your your I'd like to get both of your um, input on if this is uh, rape by deception or coercion or anything like that. Would that be okay? Mm-hmm. Of course. Okay, so let's say a man has been dating a woman for about a month, and he's lied about his job, his name, his age. And he's been sleeping with this woman. Would that be rape by, by deception? I hate to use the word rape because most people have a very uh, knee-jerk reaction to rape. I would say it's sexual assault by deception, yes. Okay. So 
if men are if men in the dating field are just lying about their jobs or their their their, their name you feel that the, that the woman is was you know was was deceived when she was what's the sexual assault she was deceived by that foundational fact okay when you when you talk about what kind of deception uh, would actually be uh, could be charged as a um, uh, as a sexual assault uh, if the person is lying by fraud in the factum or fraud in the inducement then which is foundational fact in both instances then yes foundational fact you can't you can't tell this stupid little white lie it's not about whether or not you're wearing a padded bra uh it's um or you have makeup on or the guy's wearing a toupee or lifts in his shoes i mean this is just silliness it's foundational fact and uh, so you're saying a job would be foundational a foundational fact if uh, if if you have a discussion about what kind of a job you have and you tell that person uh, and that person is relying on that information, that's 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 a foundational fact. You are not you cannot be. What would they be relying on? Why would they be relying on what type of job you have? If it's important to them, if if you if that person would not have sex with you otherwise and everybody has the right to determine who they want to have sex with and why they want to have sex with that person. Okay. You, 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 you really can't exploit uh, or make decisions for another person. That person is entitled to making their own decisions. They have bodily autonomy. So uh, if you're telling a foundational fact about yourself, uh, you are um, single when you're married, uh, then, you know, this, this, this person, you know, if, if they feel that they would not have had sex with you otherwise, then you're sexually assaulting them. You're not uh, not seducing them. So okay. I also just well, wanted to say that, that there's a difference between lying is not illegal. You know, it's, it's just not. But um, all fraud are lies, but not all lies are fraud. OK, right. uh, Joyce, will you uh, outline yeah. the elements of fraud? This is important sure. to know. Yeah. Fraud is you deceive. You know you're deceiving. You want the other person to believe your deception. They do believe your deception, and you harm them based on their believing your deception. Okay, those are the it five seems, elements that have to exist in fraud. It seems like it seems like you're like the defi your, your definitions are expounding larger than what normal people uh, would you know, consider these words. You well, know. normal people need to learn, learn. It's, it's easy. It's only five little things that I'm sure that everybody can learn. Uh, you know, if you can count to five, you can know what fraud is. So where, so, so where is this, where is, is this a legal definition or just as a definition that, that you saw, I'm saw somewhere. This is fraud 101. When you're a lawyer and you go to law school, that's what they teach you. Okay. Fraud 101. That's fraud in any penal code. I think okay. what I also, we also want to point out is that fraud vitiates consent or cancels consent in every element of the law except for sexual conduct. You know, like if I car and the odometer was 
uh, tinkered with. You know, I have recourse under the Lemon Law because I can't be defrauded that way. If I um, were um, a customer of Bernie Madoff, you know, the guy who ran that incredible Ponzi scheme, yeah, I, I lent him my money. I gave him my money, but it wasn't for the intent of the fraudulent Ponzi scheme that he enacted. So it's very interesting that the law protects um, from fraud. Predators. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but not from sexual predators who employ fraud. So okay. that's just something to think about. Okay, quick, uh, just um, I'm gonna ask a quick question real quick. Do let, let's say a, um, a female lies about having kids and uh, and then the, the man finds out that she is that would that be sexual? Would that be rape by deception? I don't know necessarily that that a woman having a child is something that is a. Uh, uh, I mean, Joyce, that 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 wouldn't. That, it's that's not, not a fair. foundational fact. That's not. That that's, not that's not it's fair. It's not Joyce. about her. That's not fair, Joyce. You so a guy, <laughs> lies, about, a guy lies about his job. He lies about his job. It's it's sexual. If she lied about her job, it would be sex. It, it would be a sexual assault. If she lied about her job, you're asking me a different question now. So you're saying that if you're saying that if she lies about having kids, and I you know, and I don't want to date someone who I don't want to date. No, her if you told her I don't, I don't want to have sex with someone who has children, and she told you that she didn't have children, then she would be defrauding you yes you're ta talking two different things you're, you want me to be specific don't you so if yeah but yeah, yeah but it, it seems like you're making a different rule for women no i'm not making it oh rule no absolutely women. not uh -uh. No. because it's the same for the man okay the same thing that i'm the same question you asked me about a woman just ask me about a man and i'm going to give you the same answer well the, the problem is the problem is women women go like guys with jobs and a lot of single men without kids do aren't looking for women who have a bunch of kids. Charles, so we have of, we have to we have to frame it to where it's realistic. Charles, none of that matters. Here's what why, matters. Why doesn't that matter? Because what really matters is for people to understand what the word consent means. It's freely given, knowledgeable and informed agreement by a person with the capacity to reason and then go figure it out. What you're asking me, none of what you're asking me will ever end up in a court of law. That's, that's true. So that's true. Just, that's one of just being true. silly. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the, I do agree with you on that, but it's just the way you're the way you're framing it. It's it's just like so. So again, you you are saying that if if a guy, if a woman acts a if a woman acts a guy about his job and he lies about his job, you're agreeing it, it's not something that's going to be in court. You're you're we're talking you're you're talking about more extreme things, correct? What I'm saying is consent is freely given knowledgeable and informed agreement by a person with the capacity of reason. And, and, and also, um, Joyce, you could talk about burden of proof and de minimis claims and yeah. you know things like that because that's you know that's concerning, Charles. So Yeah. So you you know, there's a there's foundational fact when every time uh someone makes a claim the prosecutor has to the the bar is very very high on fraud the prosecutor has to feel that there is significant evidence to actually create uh, a case against this person so they have to number one there has to be clear evidence that this person lied and there has to be uh 
clear evidence that that deception uh, was uh, a decision-making factor for this person. The, the bar is really quite high for this. Uh, and people, uh, you know, make it seem that it's a low bar and that silly things will get you arrested. And that's just absolutely nonsense. But everyone should know that whether you get arrested or not, when you're lying to get laid, you are sexually assaulting somebody. Don't do it. Yeah. Okay. Um... But are you going to get arrested every time you do it? No, you're not going to get arrested every time you do it. Because, you know, Charles, even in murder cases, only 35% of murder cases actually end up in an arrest. That means 65% of murder cases don't end in an arrest. But do we fail to identify what murder is because we don't arrest in every case? Well, you have to apply that now to understanding what sexual assault is. And sexual assault is non-consensual sexual contact. And consent is freely given, knowledgeable, and informed agreement by a person with the capacity to reason. Okay. Uh, I want to jump into the case where you guys, where you guys kind of, uh, where we kind of talked about on our podcast and that we were kind of stuck on and arguing about it's uh, the, uh it, i forgot her name but it was the case where the um, the roommate mm-hmm. had uh sex with um you're talking about the donald grant ward case yeah the by the case. way he, yeah he wasn't her he wasn't the roommate by the way but yes that's one with abby finney mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah so um Alec, can you tell me who he was then sure uh the guy's name was donald grant ward and he was a casual friend of her boyfriend. Okay, a casual friend of her boyfriend. Um, mm-hmm. I, what, what, what was he doing in the room? There was a, um, uh, I wouldn't say party because party means a lot of people. Uh, there was a gathering uh, in the boy. He, he gathered some friends together in his, uh, in his dorm room. And Donald Ward was one of the people uh, who were gathered there. Okay, and, um, and from from my regulation, because I don't want to get anything wrong. I know you said that we that we got some facts wrong. Um, I don't I don't want to get anything wrong, but but did, did he the 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 roommate or the, the friend's girlfriend was sleeping in the bed, and he came behind her. Correct. Okay, let me explain to you that this was a bunk bed, top bunk, right? Uh, uh, Abby got. Uh, tired and went up to the top bunk to go to sleep and her boyfriend climbed up right behind her and her boyfriend embraced her and when she fell asleep uh, she actually fell asleep in her boyfriend's embrace so uh, when she woke up uh, the room was dark and uh, she woke up because a hand was stroking her breast so now this is a young lady who fell asleep with her boyfriend's arms around her. She wakes up, hands on her breast. She assumes that this is her boyfriend. And it's a perfectly reasonable, any reasonable person, and that's the law. Uh, Your jury is to represent uh, what a reasonable person would think. And and, And a reasonable person would, in all likelihood, think 
that if you fell asleep with your boyfriend's arms around you and you wake up and somebody's touching your breast, that it's probably your boyfriend. I don't okay. Think that's and an unusual circumstance. Was, yeah. was, was, she, and was the, the casual friend, was he behind her or on yes, top of he her? Yes, he okay. her. He was behind her. So she yeah. couldn't really see, she couldn't correct. really see him. Okay. That's correct. Okay, so and so it's then, one of those narrow, you know, like the the bunk beds and very narrow bunk beds that in college that, dorms, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's not okay. normal size. Got it. So 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 the article reread, uh, it's it stated that it that he was on top of her, and that's no. where everyone kind of was was stuck on, like you know, how would she not know it's not her boyfriend? First of all, he was behind her. Secondly, the room was dark, and she was asleep. You know, she just woke up uh, and uh, and she hadn't been dating him that long. I think that they were going out or they were they were physical for about a month and a half. I don't think, uh, you know, that there was a long, you know, long standing relationship there. Um, but uh, at any rate, no, he was behind her and the room was dark. OK. Um, and as far as this case, as far as this case, is the case like is the case dropped or like what are you what are you guys doing to push this into legislation okay uh we've done a lot a lot yeah. <laughs> oh god um you wanted short answers didn't you well well i want i want i kind of want to understand okay. um because right now um i know that people listening are gonna kind of still have a murky idea of what consent is the way the way the way you're describing it you know because because a lot of people think consent is just you want to have sex i want to have sex let's have sex but you it sounds like you are putting more stipulations on it so i kind of want to understand like what are you pushing that you want into legislation i mean you can give me a a short long answer okay i'm gonna give you a short answer to that one okay uh because when i talk to kids in 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 school I'll say to them, you know, I know that you all know the F word for sex and I'll get a giggle. Right. <laughs> and then I'll say, but did you know that there are three F words that should never take place in sex? Force, fear and fraud. And there's an I word. And that I word is uh, incapacity. You can't exploit someone's incapacity. So let's make it simple for your listeners. You can't use force, fear, fraud or exploit someone's incapacity. If you do, that person is not consenting because there are different kinds of agreement. One kind of agreement is called consent, and that's freely given knowledgeable and informed agreement. Another kind of agreement is called assent, and that is agreement on the face of it. And the other is uh, acquiescence, and that's agreement under duress. So if you use force or fear, you're causing this person to agree under duress. If you use fraud, you are causing this person to assent, but not to consent, because they're not knowledgeable or informed. I make feel, it any simpler. I feel like I don't think anybody would disagree that force and fear are, you know, it's hard, a person can't consent to that. I think I think where um, where our comment section is going to like just load up is yeah. is is the fraud part. Because... Well, let me ask you something, Charles. Sure. If somebody lied to you and uh, let's say you uh, drove up to a restaurant 
And there was a guy standing outside and you handed him your keys uh, as a valet. He's going to park your car and he gets in your car uh, and and uh, he uh, drives it uh, across the border to Mexico. Uh, would you say that he stole it uh, by uh, fraud, by fraud? I he would. Yeah, he didn't use force, did he? No, he did not. No, you agreed, didn't you? I did. Yeah. And he coerced you, didn't he? I'm sorry, he, he um, defrauded you. He defrauded me, correct, yeah. Okay, so you think that it's okay to defraud someone in order to penetrate their reproductive organs? Okay, let's, I... let's stop using the word sex here, and let's get it straight. We're talking about violating people's reproductive organs. And you know what? People get pregnant when you do. In fact, I just got an email today from a young woman in Florida who was going out with this gentleman for about five months. They'd been intimate for about a month and a half before she got pregnant. And she got pregnant with twins. He had lied to her and told her he was divorced. He was not. He ghosted her. And now she has two children that she has to raise all on her own because he defrauded her of sexual contact. Okay, and you and you feel and if 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 you had it your way, you would want that to be uh, a, a law, correct? A hundred percent. However, what's really important is that people understand what consent is, and why fraud. Look at Larry Nasser. Okay, look at what Larry Nasser did to the uh, girls on the women's uh, Olympic gymnastic team. Right? He lied to them and told them that what he was doing was medically necessary. That's a fraud. It's called a fraud in the factum. He's lying to them about the nature of the act. So I'm sorry. Uh, can you briefly tell me uh, who this person is? Larry Nasser? Yes. Okay. Dr. Larry Nasser was, uh, was the doctor for the women's gymnastics team in the U.S. Olympics. Oh, oh God. Okay. I, okay. Yeah. I remember. And okay. and uh, he defrauded many many young young women and and older women, uh, and claimed that what he was doing was medically necessary, and it wasn't, uh, and uh, he's in jail for the rest of his life because of what he did, and that's an example of fraud. Here's another example in Indiana, Dr. Donald Klein. Uh, and you can look this up. In fact, there was a there's a Netflix on it that just came out. Yeah, it's documentaries. Our oh, yeah, I yeah. saw I saw okay. something of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Liz White, who you probably saw on this uh, on this Netflix, uh, is one of the people that we worked with in order to try and uh, get consent defined in the state of Pennsylvania. And you asked asked me, you know, also what we're what we're doing about Pennsylvania. I'm sorry, not Pennsylvania, Indiana. And yes, we've been working with them on an ongoing basis, and we will continue to work with them on an ongoing basis because the Klein debacle should never have happened. If consent was properly defined, uh, Dr. Klein would have gone to jail. Uh, Texas made that kind of crime a sexual assault. However, Indiana did not make it a sexual assault. And this man who created 90 offspring, 180 grandchildren, all within a 25-mile radius growing up, not knowing that that person that they could be dating might be their brother or their sister. 
and you tell me that that does that man does not belong in jail okay so i i think the i think how you are defining um this how you're defining consent and like some of like the the examples you're giving i think everyone would agree i think i think when um when i was discussing this with a couple of people um you know men and women there was a lot of oh if i lie about this you know she can take me to court for this or oh, if i if i lie about my job or if i lie if i embellish something you know it it might it might you know land me in jail and that's what a lot of people were were thinking people it's were un- not it's unlikely because it really has to be a foundational fact and there has to be strong evidence that you actually created this crime and here's something that you can tell tell people that and i get this one all the time what if i tell her i love her and the next day i don't think i love her anymore Uh, no that's not that's not a crime listen there's a lot of people who think like little things like this can get them locked up if this if this bill passes yeah and the answer is no it won't because first of all Lies of intent. Any anytime somebody tells you that they love you, uh, that doesn't mean they love you forever. Uh, we'd like to think that they will, uh, and sometimes they make vows that they will. Right? They get married, they make vows that they will. But we all know that fifty percent of those marriages are going to end up in divorce. Yeah. Is that person going to go to jail? Hell no, because <laughs> at the time they made at the time they made that um, statement, uh, they felt that way okay therefore yeah but if they lied and said okay i'm divorced and uh uh and you know what we're gonna sleep together tonight and tomorrow we're gonna get married but tomorrow they get on their on their horse and they ride away uh then uh you know that 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 doesn't constitute um you know just uh you know certainly people can change their mind but if someone is married when they tell you that they're single uh, and uh, they're really not in that uh, loving relationship that they tell you that they have with you because they're obligated to someone else, that's a foundational fact, Charles. Okay. okay. Right? I, I'm in but agreement. If I'm agreement. Be, but if they're single and, and you're in this relationship and they change their mind and they say, no, you know, one day you have bad, bad breath and they wake up and say, no, I can't can't be with somebody with bad breath you know they're they're entitled to change their mind okay okay. i I also think that we should talk a little bit about how sexual assault statutes are one of the reasons why we don't call this at all the all the time rape by fraud or rape by deception is because in the law if you read any uh sexual code it's a very gruesome read um it has different degrees of of seriousness if you will of the crime it has different categories like aggravated which of course would be much more um have much more penalty if there's violence um and if uh this would be recognized in the law certainly if it ever uh, got to the point where there was an adjudication of a particular case um and Joyce, you can pop in here anytime. I mean, sure, you know, you wouldn't go to jail for twenty years. For exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of uh, degrees. You know, first, second, third, fourth. I mean, 
you know, and then if this and is misdemeanors. Yeah, exactly. And so when people are concerned, you know, if they, you know, say they have a Maserati when they don't and think that they're going to be arrested <laughs> for a crime, that's just, it's just, it's patently false. I mean, you know, there it's are, right. And well, what, what is the statistics? Like of a thousand reported sexual assaults and that's just the reported ones. Only three offenders end up being incarcerated. And so, you know, with that kind of statistics, you know, certainly someone who's lying about their job and not that it's right to, uh, to be deceptive, but, you know, as far as any legal repercussions, you know, it's, it's highly, highly doubtful that anything's going to come their way. Okay, I wanna um, I wanna ask a couple more things, but we only got a couple uh, some some time, some low on time. So I wanna ask a couple more, uh, one more thing. So um, I was just sent this. If let's say someone is in a relationship and they get on a dating site and they start uh uh they they start you know talking with someone, dating someone, another person, they sleep with that person. That other person finds out that they are in a relationship. Would you also consider that? Uh, um, would you consider that a charge? Joyce, would you like me to speak to this? Yes, <laughs> from from personal. Yeah, um, Charles. The reason why I'm in this game is because um, I was victimized by a high-ranking military officer um, in the Pennsylvania Air Guard, and the reason why I came to find Joyce's work is because in dealing with the military. And in dealing with law in Pennsylvania, there is no definition of consent. I was left without getting any kind of justice. So the situation with me was um, I did meet somebody on a dating site. Uh, he said he was separated. Um, we started to have a, a relationship that lasted four years. Um, oh, but, wow. Uh -huh, during all that time, not only was he married when I met him and living at home with his wife, but he was also similarly involved with six to seven other women during our relationship uh, with the same kind of um, basis for the relationship, which is we are in a monogamous relationship. You know, you were the only person. And so what happened is, you know, I found out about this and obviously I suffered greatly. <laughs> um, and by the way, there was also um, uh, STDs involved with this because of non-disclosure. Oh. So the point is <clears throat> this does cause people harm. And a case like mine, if consent were defined, perhaps there would be some justice for me because this is not somebody I met at a bar and said, oh, you have a Maserati and I don't look at the <laughs> registration or I don't see the car. It's, that wasn't it. It was a premeditated, intentional fraud and deception. And, um, you know, and some people would say, well, I don't think it's sexual assault. Because for whatever reason, they might say that. But this is what I say to you. If, you're, if your sexual and reproductive organs are violated in any way, what other kind of assault is it? Um, you know, our law does something right between sexual assault and regular assault and battery, which is like, you know, if somebody hits you on the head or, you know, runs you over with a car. Well, those things are horrible. The law recognizes that the special defilement through sexual assault deserves specific and enhanced, you know, consequences. So a person like me who has all the receipts, so to speak, who has all the proof, who can show that, you know, there was um, 
you know, malice in, in the inducement of us, which was, you know, lying to us and, and not telling us about a sexual transmitted disease, you know, I would be a perfect case to put forward because the length of it, the, you know, the, um, it, you know, the cobweb, the act, you know, that was made of, of all the lies. So that's what I would say to you. I would say absolutely that that would be an offense, whether or not it gets any legal recognition. You know, it, it, it to me depends on the severity. And in my case, it was severe. It was protracted. It was many years long. And, and uh, you know, that should be addressed. I believe that should be legally addressed. You know, this is interesting. In romance, in romance scams, people only pay attention to them if money is taken. But <laughs> what about if, you know, if it's the just... sexual organs yeah. are violated. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Which is actually more important to the person, which is why sexual assault is such a highly penalized uh, crime. Uh, Correct. It's, it's um, you know, and, and uh, uh, Nina's correct. There are degrees of crime. If you're committing a crime that uses violence or uses a weapon, uh, you're, going to, you're going to jail for 20 years. Uh, if you use a, a, a different kind of weapon, uh, whether it be coercion or whether it be fraud, perfect example is Weinstein. Uh, Weinstein was locked up for three years for rape by coercion and locked up for 20 years uh, by, for sexual assault by force. So the amount of force or violence that exists in that act, uh, in that act uh, determines really the length of the uh, sentence that that person gets. Okay, okay. <laughs> Uh, let me throw let me um throw another thing at, at you. Um, do you believe that uh, I'm gonna read this and hopefully if you don't understand I'll re I'll re state it to you. Um, do you believe the absence of no doesn't mean consent? Wait a minute, you're talking double negatives and <laughs> excuse me, but my brain doesn't work. Do I believe that the absence doesn't mean? consent okay no, let, me, let me let me let me let me try and 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 give it to you straightforwardly because you're giving me a double negative i'm going to give you a give it to you straight uh you hear the concept no means no correct no always means no always but what but no okay but what i'm asking is the yeah. absence of no okay, so, let, so, now, so for let example me, yeah for example let's say me um i'm with nina and uh, we engage. We are engaging in, in a sexual act. <laughs> and he, I'm sorry, Nina. I don't mean to use you. No, no, it's totally cool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she says, and she does not say no. But later, like like the next day or later um, during the week, she tells a friend that she didn't really want to do it. She didn't feel comfortable. She just did it anyway because of because you know whatever 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 okay. she. So Go I'm going to I'm going to answer your question, okay? It uh, again, consent is all about influence. It's not about what the victim says or uh, says or does. It's about the influence that gets that person to say or do something. Okay, you follow but, me so far. Okay, okay. yeah, I, I am. But what? Okay, if, so I'm going I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get okay. to it. Okay, give me a second. So, if the person was influenced by, let's say the person in that circumstance was influenced 
to go along with it because it was their landlord and they were afraid that they were going to be uh, uh, kicked out of their apartment, uh, then yes, that would be a crime, right? That would be the crime of coercion. They would be agreeing based on, uh, uh, you know, uh, based on the influence of fear, right? Force, fear, fraud, right? Okay. So it really depends on the influence. You're asking me a question. You want me to give you a yes, no answer, but I'm telling you that what really determines whether or not you consented has to do with the influence that the person used in order clients. So and if that I, influence was for fear or fraud, or they exploited your incapacity, then it's uh, a sexual assault. Yeah, a gentleman asked me that too. He said, okay, based on what you're saying, how do I know that the, the woman in, in that case, exactly. is, when, when they say yes, how do I know they really mean exactly. yes? If they say no, how do I know they, you know, mean whatever? But this is what I told, this is what I told the young man. I said, the, uh, I said, you know, young man, it, it all, it all has to do with your influence. Were you using force, fear, fraud, or exploitation of incapacity? If you were not, then, <laughs> you know, however you want to add to that choice, then you could uh, understand that that um, any of those elements were not present. And it's, you know. Our laws and, and, and society's thinking has um, really distorted what consent is all about. And it's not about what the person says or does, Charles. It's about what influence, crea- was the influence malicious influence or was it legally acceptable influence? I guess what I guess where that comes in is some some women will say that it was malicious just because he was a big guy, and then the the, the guy didn't know that she was scared. See the problem the problem that a lot of people are going to have is that how does like as a guy unless it's blatantly like unless it's blatantly like oh I forcefully or I coerced her. <laughs> A lot of guys, if a guy is just like hooking up with a girl and, you know, I mean, and they have sex like and she comes back a week later and says, well, I wasn't really comfortable. I didn't really want to do it. He like he doesn't know. He doesn't know that 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 she's feeling uncomfortable if she does not state it. And when you're when you're you're saying true, Charles, I'm sorry, I don't believe you for a minute. I do not believe that the man doesn't know, does not know that a person is reticent or uh well or, or the problem friend. with that is the problem with that joy is you're not a man Boys. and you don't and you don't you don't court women so the problem is that you can't understand what well like what it is when when men are courting women the situations that they're in you wouldn't know you wouldn't know um you wouldn't know anything about that that's true but i think that there's you're asking a difference between somebody who regrets sex Versus someone who was sexually assaulted. Exactly. They, are, they, are, they are two different things. But people um, want to add I those think, together. Right. Well, yeah. And some, some, sometimes people want to conflate them. But they're very, they're very different. And I, and, we, and I think we've all, you know, understand the difference. And we've all had you know, situations where, well, gosh, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Or I, I don't know. I, I made a bad, you know, I wouldn't have done it. I won't do it again. You know, that is totally different from sexual assault. Charles, I'm going to go back to what I said before, and that is that there is no perfect law. Mm -hmm. Even in murder, 
only 35% of cases end up in a courtroom. 65% of murders do not end up in a court of law. There is no perfect law. There is no perfect circumstance. There are always things that can't be resolved through a courtroom. And a prosecutor is so unlikely to take a case that way because prosecutors want to keep their jobs. Prosecutors want to get reelected. Prosecutors need a good conviction record in order to make that happen. And if they bring these, uh, you know, uh, wishy-washy, debatable circumstances into a courtroom, the likelihood that they're going to get a conviction is unlikely. Well, I I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I just I just I just want you to understand that there are women who bring these type of these type of uh, um, um, what's the word I would use? Uh, I don't want to say charges, but they accusations. Yeah. And people jump on people jump on it. So it's good that you're clarifying that it's not it's it's more regret than uh, than there, sexual there, assault. Sure. There are things that people regret. But whether or not the person used force, fear, fraud, or exploited incapacity is going to determine whether or not the person, uh, whether or not the accused uh, is guilty or innocent. And until we do that, we have no consistency. And we we cannot uphold the guarantee of the Constitution for equal protection for all. Okay. Yeah. If you go into a courtroom and every jury has a different sense of what consent is, how do we possibly have any consistency under our laws? Yeah, I mean, the burden of proof is, you know, burden of proof, we hear that all the time, is so high for every crime. Um, you know, it's, uh, the burden of proof is so high that at times guilty people go unpunished because of it, right? So that's it's something no different that, in sexual assault than it is in any other crime. Exactly. It, it's it's the it's the exact same burden of proof that has to be presented. And sometimes with he said and she said cases, it just can't nothing can be uh, resolved because of uh, that's the situation. It doesn't take away the fact, uh, you know, that maybe a sexual assault did or did not take place. I mean, you know, that's you know, so that's something that should be considered. Um, but I understand what you're saying about. Um, you know, false accusations, but you should know that statistically false accusations regarding sexual assault are the same, the same percentage as as false accusations in in other, uh, other crimes. I won't agree on that. Cause how do they calculate that? Do they calculate that when the person goes to court and they're finding out guilt, not guilty? Are they calculating the part where they go to jail for 10 years and then get out? Are they calculating it when they go to jail, stay in jail for, uh, 20 years and and get out like that? Like, how are they calculating that? Well, that's because- a good question. I would have to do, I would have to go back and revisit that before that. But um, it's, that's, I, I, I believe they might be federal statistics, but in any event, I, I agree. I could, I, I could now, be better prepared for that. Now, well, um, we only have 10 more minutes. This is a great discussion, um, and I, I don't want to end it, but we got 10 more minutes, and I want to ask a question about the Me I want to ask about the Me Too movement. Okay. So you guys have worked with, uh, with you know, some Cosby, a Cosby accuser, and you guys have also um, worked with some survivors from Russell Simmons. Now, mm-hmm. the first thing I want to ask um, um, is... How fair 
is it that someone comes back years later and accuses someone of a crime? Uh, okay, Charles, um, several years ago, I was mugged in the subway. Uh, I got stuck in the, uh, in the, uh, what's it, uh, the revolving door. Mm-hmm. We have these metal revolving doors with horizontal bars. Mm-hmm. And the guy came behind me. Uh, grabbed hold of the bar, got into the little space where I was in, and took my and 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 said, "I'm not going to hurt you. I just want your money." Now, this is a guy who's six foot two. I'm five foot two, right? Although he's telling me he's not going to hurt me. Hello, he already <laughs> has. He's violated my space. His breath is on my neck here, uh, and I reach into my wallet and, uh, and he says, uh, "Where's where's your wallet?" And I uh, get get me your wallet. I won't hurt you. And uh, I reach into my briefcase and I take out my wallet and I hand it to him. Obviously, I'm not consenting, am I? No. Right. I'm being coerced to do this. I'm petrified. Okay. I'm not telling him no. I'm not saying I'm not going to give you my wallet, am I? No. Right. <laughs> but I'm giving him that wallet. Okay. And every time I go into a subway today. And it is now, I think about 36 years later, mm-hmm. every time I go into a subway, I think of that altercation because trauma embeds, uh, in, embeds that memory deeply into your brain. So I, real quick, and you know, I'm sorry that, that happened to you. I do, um, so I, I researched this like about maybe a year and a half ago that women hold on to trauma more than men. Have you, have you seen a statistic like that? I have not, but I wouldn't be surprised. Now I, I do want to, I do want to ask like, okay, so you, so do, let's, let's just say things like that. You're saying that people should be, should, people should be able to come back and say, Hey, this person did this to me. I want retribution. Do you, you feel that should happen? I don't think people want retribution. I think people want justice. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because justice is restorative. And, you know, I mean, in the Cosby case, in the Weinstein case, I mean, put yourself in the position of these women. Bill Cosby. I mean, you know, I was an enormous fan. Everybody was. Everybody loved Bill Cosby. Do you think that if anybody came forward as one person, that they would have listened to them? Or, you know, Bill Cosby wouldn't get involved with paying people off or, or maybe oh, menace, I mean, menacing them? You're, um, you're, you're 100% right, because it took, I think I think it took about... 10 people before I started to think about it. Yeah, exactly. Nobody wants to believe that about Bill Cosby. He's a very cunning predator. The same thing with Harvey Weinstein. I mean, people may have whispered about it or whatever, but nobody felt safe coming forward. Even in my case, I never would have stepped forward and be and speaking out about it if it were just, if it just happened to me. Yeah. I, I have the, the, you know, the added benefit of having several other women speaking out about this particular predator I, I never would have considered coming forward because I know how I he was a doctor. He was a military officer, very high ranking. Who's going to believe me? <laughs> so, so, okay. So what do you, how do you feel about people who say, why come out on social media? Why not go to the police file? Uh, either if, if, it, if, if, it, if the statue, I mean, you can, if, it, if it's sexual assault, there's no statue, Correct. Okay, uh, uh, I'm going to answer your question, Charles. Why go, why go to social media rather than going to the police? Correct. 
Okay, because there is no definition for consent in our laws. Mm-hmm. And the end result of that is... Oh, the wild, wild west then. The, Correct. The, the, police, the police invalidate you. Uh, the police do a greater amount of harm to the victim than even the initial uh, trauma that they had to deal with. Because it's now society that is... Uh, has turned against them and invalidated them. You know, you can you can understand, uh, you you can somehow uh, overcome the anger that you feel when someone violates you, but when it becomes all of society now and society's rules and laws and morality violating you, that's even that that's a that's a whole nother uh, dimension. Do you know that? Do you know that? I, you know what? I don't know if it's in every state, but um, do you know that if you go and uh, um, um, report uh, a sexual assault or rape, you can you can have your you can have your name not uh, not be published or yeah. yes, absolutely. When you're so, when why you're... don't they just do that? Like, why why, why don't they? Well, do I, I I also want to point out something to you. I guarantee anybody who's posted on social media about this has tried. <laughs> many times before to speak to a counselor to speak to a lawyer to speak to law enforcement i know i did well but it didn't but it didn't franco did not they went straight to social media okay uh so charles how people react when they're uh sexually assaulted uh, everybody's going to react differently but there are a couple of things that you should know about uh you know should they be able to go back and address it First of all, uh, today, the New York State uh, Assembly uh, finally agreed to pass the uh, Adult Survivors Act, which will enable everyone who was sexually assaulted to uh, bring a uh, civil case against their assailant uh, in a in a one year look back. Uh, When when I tell people when they are sexually assaulted. And even if they don't want to go to the police at that time because they don't want to deal with the invalidation, they don't want to deal with society's views, uh, write it down and email it to yourself. And the reason that I tell people that is because what you feel immediately when you've been sexually assaulted and what you might feel five years from now can be two different things. And when you, I actually think that's an amazing idea. Yeah, when you write it down and you email it to yourself, you are pinpointing the relevant facts fresh in your mind from that particular assault. And so when you go into a court of law, the, um, the Tuno did this to the Weinstein jurors. Uh, she brought in a, uh, an expert who claimed that their, uh, that their memories had been degraded. And like I said, when you go through trauma, that, that memory is really, uh, it's, it's really etched in, 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 uh, in stone. So, yeah. So, uh, I wholeheartedly recommend if a person is sexually assaulted, even if they don't want to report it to the police that, uh, that they should write it down and email to themselves so that if they change their mind down the road, they have clear evidence and that's dated with the exact details of it. And also, if we, uh, when we define consent, we will have people that will go through the process 
and everyone is entitled to due process. And for that reason, we need to define consent so that people can feel comfortable coming forward, having due process, and being able to live with whatever that due process resulted in and live their lives and go forward knowing they did the best that they could in order to get the in order to get resolution and that society helped them instead of invalidating them. Okay, but once, you, oh, I was just going to say, sorry. Oh, I just want to say like, you got 30 seconds. Nina, go ahead and hit. Go well, ahead. once, once consent is defined in the law, however it ends up playing out in a courtroom is, you know, that's something that we can't control. We're simply, our mission is this define consent properly in the law. It's very elegant, freely given, knowledgeable, informed agreement. And I also just wanted to touch very briefly on is toxic because it looks to uh, the behavior of the victim and that behavior can be influenced by malice like force fear or fraud in my case i was defrauded but i said yes okay okay well guys i i this was an illuminating um conversation i feel and you know i i the examples you guys brought up i i totally was i'm totally with um, and I think it's good that we had this conversation because a lot of people were thinking um, some of the things that, you know, I was mentioning that this is why this is what might might happen. So I'm glad that we had this conversation. If you guys want to plug anything real quick, you guys got 20 seconds. OK, yeah. Read my book, Your Consent, <laughs> the Key to Conquering Sexual Assault. It will give you a deep dive into what consent is. And remember, if you got uh, if you put back um uh, foundational facts that were incorrect on your on your uh, social media before you jump into bed with that person tell them the truth they deserve <laughs> it yeah and also joyce has a great ted talk it's called uh, when yes means no um and you can just google joyce short um and that's 17 minutes long that will really take you through everything pretty quickly and her book is about a 25 minute read so it's not you know uh, you know it's not war and peace. Yes. <laughs> All right. Great. Great. Thank you so much, guys. Um, and I hope we can continue having this conversation. Okay. Thank, Thank you, Charles. All right. Bye, bye, guys. Bye now. Bye, bye.